1: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: It's Grant and Danny on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980. No Grant and Danny today, off on a Labor Day. Toby Altizer in for them, taking you up until 7.30 before we hand it over to some college football here on 106.7 The Fan to win-loss, the Commander's schedule. I haven't done this yet. Generally, I do a lot of prep for shows, and but I wanted this one to be genuine first time going through the schedule and kind of looking at what we think this team's record is going to be this season. We're going to do that in just a second, but first, let's get to Rob in Haymarket. Rob, what's going on? Hey, man, thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Rob. A, yeah, I'm. I'm excited like everybody else to see how I'm excited to see, you know, if our offense can come into the 21st century. <laughs> but really, what I'm really excited about, man, is I'm hoping that we can make a clear evaluation about our coaching staff, our front office, our players for the next five to 10 years because I think that's what we've been
1: lacking is that we haven't we we need this ownership to be able to bring our franchise to the place where we can win consistently. So I I'm, I'm praying that that it'll be clear this year what we have to do.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know Rob. Yeah, I 100% agree. Appreciate the phone call. I think that's a good point. And I've brought this up before with the new ownership coming in at the time that it did, it almost worked out for both sides in a beneficial way. When you look at Josh Harris's side, he can kind of look at what all these guys do this season as an evaluation of whether they should be a part of the plans long term or not. Whether that's the GM, whether that's on the business side with Jason Wright as a team president, kind of all those guys, Ron Rivera's head coach, obviously, like they can make a full evaluation on that this season instead of coming in and not necessarily being familiar. And then on the flip side, if you're Ron Rivera, if you're Martin Mayhew, if you're Jason Wright, even in this case. You get a full season to kind of show what you're worth and show what you can do. And so I think that's a good point. This year is going to be an evaluation period for those guys to show the new owner why they should be a part of the long-term plans of this franchise. And we'll get to see whether or not they're going to be. Because it could be if this season isn't a success and Sam Howell maybe falls flat or the team doesn't live up to expectations. It could be that the team cleans house. Maybe even a guy like Eric bieniemy has gone as well. So the entire place is gone, including the front office, obviously the coaching staff. Maybe they move on from Jason Wright, and you could have all new guys in town that Josh Harris appoints. But at the same point, you could also have a season where they play well and they decide, well, let's keep Ron, or let's keep one of the guys on the coaching staff and make them the head coach, or let's keep Mayhew in the front office, or whatever the case may be both sides get to evaluate or at least show why they should be a part of the future. So I think it's a very interesting part of this season and is going to be instrumental in the future of this franchise into what ends up happening. All right, let's go through and win-loss this schedule. Let's go through and talk about each and every game on this schedule. I want to talk about each game, maybe what we think the score will be or what we think that... We're just going to go through each and every single game this year. We're going to talk about that. Then we're going to get into some predictions in the next segment where we'll talk about, obviously, what the record's going to be. Will they make the playoffs? All the various things. But first, I want to start with win-lossing the schedule. So let's start with week one. At home, against the Arizona Cardinals, the place is going to be sold out. Chris, you get first pick here. Week one, against the Cardinals.
3: Win or a loss? All right, so I used to live in Phoenix, Arizona, and let me just say, I I'm not a Cardinals fan, but <laughs> but no, nobody out there really is. It's all about the Suns in Phoenix. <laughs> but uh, uh man, it's the fact
2: I, that you're taking this long to answer. On it's got to be it's got to go be the well.
3: Commanders. But man, whenever I'm so sure about something with them, I just I still have this be- bitter taste for being burned so many I times. That. It's hard to it's hard to be super confident, and uh, especially. You know, this is this is Sam Howell's first week one, yeah. you know, really. And, and as confident as I want to be, it's still hard to just say 100%. They're definitely on top, but they've got to be the favorites. Yeah, I mean, I there's no way.
2: I don't want to look past the Cardinals. I definitely don't because I think some people are like, well, you don't even need Terry or you don't need Chase Young or you don't need all these people and they should blow them out. Like, I hope all those things are true. But at the same point like this is the NFL.
3: Like if this was week 13, 14 like later and the team has meshed and played with him for a while, it's a much easier I think decision. But going in week 1 there's just so many questions, you know, still but but I think you got to you got to go homer. You got to yeah, go Commanders. I, I
2: think it's a win. I think that that should be pretty clear that they should they should win this matchup. So both of us have them starting off with a win. Now they go on the road against Denver, a 425 start at altitude. What you got?
3: I still I so I like Sean Payton. I think he's an awesome coach, but I just don't know that he's going to have Denver turned around in by week two.
2: So you got them winning, huh? So yeah,
3: start? I, th- I think I think they got a shot. They got a good shot. I don't think. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see what what Russell Wilson looks like. But uh, I'm a
2: big believer in Sean Payton. Get this thing figured out. So I, have I think he will by the road. end of
3: this season. But again, this is, this is him just starting here. Yeah. I I don't see him turning around in week two. Yeah. You know it it's
2: I think that they're going to be better. I think that the jump in competition from the Cardinals to the Broncos is going to be too much. I got a loss in that one. So, you got them starting 2 and 0. I got them 1 and 1. They return home at FedEx Field week 3. Josh Allen rolls into town.
3: I know. I think I think that's going to be the Bills on this one.
2: Yeah. I think that's going to be a tough game. Yeah. And I've talked about this before. I think that this team could play well coming out of the gate and they could still lose a bunch of these early games because sure. they've got some tough opponents early on. So I'm going to agree with you on that one. I'm going to chalk this one up as an L as well. So you got them two and one. I'm one and two. Now they're on the road against the Eagles in Philadelphia, raucous environment week four.
3: Yeah, that's a tough one too, I think. Uh, and again, it's because, you know, Howell being so new and everything, It's it's we'll see how quickly he learns how to adjust to all these blitzes. And you know, the Bills and Eagles will be throwing lots no of stuff that at him that that maybe the Broncos and, and Cardinals are not. And that's that's where I feel that, you know, the schedule is really ramping up by week three and four. And I just, again, I would, I would love to see them come out and pull some upsets here, but I just, it's hard to bet on that, you know?
2: All right, so you got them going two and two to start. I'm going to take a loss in Philly as well, one and three. I think they'll get things figured out. Again, I've talked about this. I don't think that they're necessarily going to play bad football through this four-week stretch to start the year. But I think that they could start 1-3 and playing decent football, which gives you some hope because it lightens up a little bit. Week 5, they're back at home, Thursday night football against the Bears. Another early matchup on Thursday night football against the Bears. I was at that game last year at Soldier Field, and it was a disaster. It was some of the worst football I've ever watched. So hopefully it's different this year. I want to get out there for that game. What do you got against the Bears Thursday night?
3: I got to go home over the Commanders, but I will just say – Having been a longtime fan, I have seen them get burned on national television so many times.
2: Hey, they, had a decent, so many times. they had a decent viewing experience in week 18 last year. Like they, I don't think they were primetime, but there were people watching when Sam Howell carved up the Cowboys last year.
3: True, true. So, but just, and, and look, there have been some great moments on primetime. You know, I remember seeing Santana Moss run back those two uh, touchdowns in the fourth quarter against the Cowboys on Monday Night Football, but... But overall, overall, the track record has not been great on prime time. I
2: think you're right. I think you're right. But I'm going to take a win there as well. It's Thursday night. It's the Bears. I think Justin Fields is a little overrated. They've got to contain the quarterback in that game, though. That's the big thing. If they make Fields throw the ball, I think that he'll improve as a passer. But I think people, for whatever reason, forget that the Bears had the number one overall pick last year. They traded it, so they didn't make the number one overall pick. But for whatever reason, some people just act as if, the Bears were a good football team last year, which they were not. So I think that the Commanders should be favored in that game. I think they should win it. So I've got them starting two and three. You've got them three and two. Then they go on the road week six. Atlanta take on the Falcons.
3: I think you got to beat the Falcons here. You you got to like if there's progress this year happening by week six, you should be able to beat the Falcons.
2: Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that the Falcons are a team that I've talked about all off season that I don't understand why nationally people like and they don't like the Commanders. They talk about, oh, they got a good defense. They've got playmakers. Yeah, there's question marks at quarterback. That's the exact same thing that this Commanders team, and people really like the Falcons and don't like this football team. I think this football team is better than Atlanta. I think they go to Atlanta and kick Desmond Ritter's tail.
3: I will say, I think Atlanta has a cushier division. Oh, so, 100%. you know.
2: <laughs> 100%. This is a tough division, no doubt, but I still think they'll kick Atlanta's tail. Week 7, on the road, at the Meadowlands, taking on the Giants.
3: So, I'm not 100 percent sure what to expect from the Giants this year. It makes it a little. I think tough. they're
2: going to be worse than they were last. I year. see. I think. Yeah. I think at some point you cap yourself out when you have Daniel Jones as your quarterback and you have yeah. to pay him all that money.
3: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's go, Commanders. Let's do it. Love it.
2: Five and two start
3: for you. I I'm going to well, take. Well, see, a- I was thinking. See, I was thinking they would probably split with the Giants. That's kind of what I was thinking on the season. Okay. So well,
2: I'll take a win against the Giants as well. So I'm four and three. You're five and two. I'm a three game win streak. You're a three game win streak. At home, week eight, coming off a divisional game, another divisional game at home at FedEx Field against Philly. Two early matchups against the Eagles, week four, week eight. Do they bounce back week eight I, against you, Philadelphia?
3: I, I'd love to see it, but I, I'm not. High, I'm not betting on it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I want to say that they could beat Philadelphia. I don't know if I'm going to bet on it. I think we'll both take L's in this one, right?
3: Yeah, I think outside of major injuries to the Eagles or something, I think I think you got to go with them.
2: All right, so five and three for you, four and four for me. Week 9, on the road, in Foxborough, New England Patriots.
3: Man, I don't I don't know what to think about the Patriots this year either. Yeah, I don't
2: think they're going to be very good. I... And this is the first guy on the schedule that I think is not a mobile quarterback. If you go back and look Arizona, Josh Dobbs can move mm. a little bit. I'm not sure about Clayton Tune. Russell Wilson can move a little bit. Josh Allen obviously can move. Jalen Hurts can move. Obviously, Fields and Ritter can move. And Daniel Jones can move. I'm a little concerned with running quarterbacks. That being said, Mac Jones' statue doesn't concern me at all.
3: <laughs> I, I I just, I don't know what, yeah. I don't know where to put the Patriots. Just, uh. I, I
2: would be concerned about Belichick finding some special game plan defensively yeah, to I go know. against Sam Howell. Blitz
3: packages and stuff. Yeah. I,
2: I think. I think that this defense should absolutely dominate the Patriots because I don't think Mac Jones has a lot. I'm not I mean, we just talked about Juju Smith Schuster at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Yeah. If his knee gets like I don't trust their wide receiver core. I think Ramondre Stevenson is fine, but I don't think he can carry them to a victory. I'm taking a win against New England.
3: All right. It's in New England is the thing that makes it harder. I think I think at FedEx it'd be easier to go commanders. But you know what? Let's, let's go, Commanders. Why not? Let's just homer it. I love it. I love
2: it. <laughs> I hope your team... I hope your record ends up being something like 14-3. and 3 or Something like that. <laughs> you can have a lot of people as fans of you. I was doing
3: Linnell's the other day. I think he had 11 wins for him. Okay. So.
2: All right. Seattle Seahawks on the road. This is a tough one because with Seattle, obviously you got the 12th man. Geno Smith is he still that same guy we'll probably know by week 10 whether Geno Smith is having another season like he did last year they've got a lot of talent I think by week 10 Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be a big part of the offense I think he's really talented I love the fact that they have two really good running backs I don't like it for fantasy football but I think that Charbonnet is such a good back I wish he would have gone somewhere else but Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker I think is a deadly duo and they've got some good corners, and they've got some good young guys on that defense.
3: Yeah, I, I, think, I think. and, and Also, one. we have a historically poor time against the Seahawks, it seems. Well, and The other in Washington Seattle. football team.
2: Yeah, especially in Seattle.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I think I'm going to go Seattle on this one. In the loudest stadium, or possibly the loudest stadium.
2: Yeah, we're agreeing on a lot of these now. Uh, I got a loss as well, so I'm 5-5, five five, you're 6-4. All right, week 11, home against the Giants.
3: So I was going to split them. I think I'm going to stick with a split. We'll say loss. I, I think they'll go 50-50. I don't know who's winning the home or who's not, but I think it'll go 50-50. I don't
2: believe in the Giants at all, and if there's one team outside of Dallas that this team should circle, it should be the Giants this year. Right. I'm generally a guy that cannot stand the Eagles, and I, I I have them very close, but if I'm that team in that locker room after what happened last year when you had a chance at the playoffs, and the Giants... Tied you and then two weeks later beat you and made it so that you weren't going to make it anymore. You've got to circle the Giants and get your revenge. So I have them taking both games against the Giants. All right. So I got a win there, six and five. You've got a loss there. We're both at six and five now. Here's what I think. We're going to talk about this. This is a short seven. week
3: going to Dallas. This though. is a short
2: week, Thanksgiving, against the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk about this. I think this might be a little bit of a preview of what could be the biggest game. For the commanders this season but what do you have thanksgiving day dallas cowboys
3: i gotta say I, it's national tv again but i gotta go commanders on this i want to see a beating like rg3 games you know i i want to see that i want to see everyone that thinks dak prescott still yes. has it go man maybe we do need another quarterback after that game i want to see it
2: 100 percent. we're both going wins seven and five i love that they're playing. I know Chris Russell hates it. I love that they're playing on Thanksgiving because I think Montez Sweat is going to eat. We've seen that last time they played on Thanksgiving. Yep. I think the I think the pictures that you're going to see coming out of that Thanksgiving Day game were Chase Young if he's playing, Montez Sweat just pancaking and crushing <laughs> Dak Prescott, Sam Howell raising his arms after he throws his third touchdown pass, Terry McLaurin just owning Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore. Both of his sons play on that team now. You know
0: (laughs) what? Both of them.
2: Yeah, I'm excited about that matchup. So I think they go to Dallas on Thanksgiving. If there's one matchup, I think, out of any of them that is just the most exciting for me, it's got to be Thanksgiving Day against Dallas. I think they get it done. Seven and five for both of us. Last game before the bye week at home. Miami Dolphins, Week Thirteen. Who knows if Tua is still playing at that point? Hopefully,
3: I, I like Tua. I think he could be good. But. I don't like to bet on injuries like that. That yeah. late, like, you know, I want to give the guy a chance. I want to. I want to think that he can have a great season, injury free, just optimistically. You know, so Week so.
2: Thirteen against Miami. Who you got?
3: I think I gotta go with Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are gonna be real good this year.
2: I agree. I agree. So we both got losses. I mean, that offense is so much fun. Yeah. And in my opinion, if you talk about a team sinking their roster. To the coach, I don't think there's a better roster synced with who their play caller is than what the Miami Dolphins do. I think that their personnel matches so perfectly with what they run. They've done a good job down there. Bye week in week 14, and then come off the bye and head to the West Coast to take on the L.A. Rams. Both of us have them 7-6 at this point, probably fighting for a wild card spot.
3: Yeah, it's tough. Um, I... (sighs) Again, I'm not sure where the Rams will end up after this year. You know, I think a lot depends on Herbert and, and his output this year. And if he has Rams. an MVP caliber. The Rams, not the Chargers. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm thinking, God, you're right. I'm thinking of the Chargers. The Rams. Oh, yeah. The old, uh oh. Now, nah, let's You know what? It's in LA, though.
2: That's the only thing that gives me
3: a little yeah, hesitation. Yeah, like, uh... You know what? Let's homer. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, Commanders.
2: But they're coming yeah. off a bye, so maybe they can head out there a little early. They'll they'll be rested.
3: The bye could help, and and it's it's a long bye because they're playing Thursday the week before.
2: No, they're not. They got
3: Miami. Oh, you're right. It's yeah. Miami. Jeez. Yeah. I got the I got the schedule in front <laughs> of me. I can't even read the stupid thing.
2: It happens. <laughs> no, with, with the Rams though, it's interesting because I was talking to my buddy the other night. He's a Rams fan, and he goes, "Can you name anyone on this defense other than Aaron Donald?" Can you name any... No, uh, I wouldn't. And I couldn't. My head, and no. if you know anything about me, I know so much about all the random rosters and I know so many random players from playing Madden and yeah. all the... I couldn't name a single player on their defense other than Aaron Donald. And then if you look at their offensive side of the ball, you can name a couple of their guys, but it's a totally different team from the Super Bowl team. They're very bad. I think they gotta go on to LA and win that one. So
3: eight and six for both of us, three weeks to go. They have to win that one, I think, by that point in the season. Yes. Will they? I don't know. But I they're think they're in playoff yeah.
2: contention at this point. Eight yep. and six with both of us. On the road, I believe this day this one's Christmas Eve taking yep. on Aaron Rodgers and the Jets at the Meadowlands.
3: I don't think the Jets are gonna be that good this Ooh, year. I, I think they're gonna be very good. I think no I don't I don't believe. I don't everyone is expecting this like uh like Tom Brady's first year in Tampa. And I don't see it. I think what Brady did was really uncommon. You know, there's only two quarterbacks that have ever won a Super Bowl on two different teams in their career. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And Peyton Manning barely won that second one. That hardly even counts. Um, You got an L here? I, I I don't think the Jets can win oh, sorry, that. Can I don't win. Yeah, I got to go, Commander. Okay. I, I don't believe in the Jets. I think by that late in the season, they may even be benching Aaron Rodgers to keep him for next year. I uh, I don't think they're going to be as good as the hype. I do not believe it.
2: I am big on the Jets this year. I think that they're going to be very good. I got a loss. I've got them at 8 and 7. You got them at 9 and 6. Another tough late season matchup against the 49ers at home this time. You got them nine and six coming into it. I am eight and seven. I think for both of them, they're fighting for a playoff spot. Two weeks to go. I know. What do you think?
3: Again, they would they would have to win this one. This is a very important game. Will I don't know? I don't know. And you got the, you got the old uh, Shanahan, and oh man, um, and I guess I guess it comes down they're they're starting Purdy right this year. They'll be so, starting Purdy. So man, I he's a big question mark. What he's going to look like this year? You know, but, by this point in the season. Every defense might have figured him out, you know? Yeah, um, I just don't
2: know. When you say figured him out, I think it's more the system with Shanahan. So I don't, sure. you know, people haven't figured out Shanahan's system and of how to effectively stop that all the time. So I'm not, I, I think that the
3: 49ers. I mean, 49ers, they figured out how to stop the pistols. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, I think
2: the 49ers are going to be one of really two formidable teams in the NFC, the Eagles and the Niners. And so I don't think they're going to be.
3: Yeah, the I, I, again, they'll, they'll. I'd love to see see the win on this. It sounds like a tough one though. It, it, but maybe maybe Purdy won't be great. That, that's kind of their their chance, I think, if, if Purdy is just mediocre by so what this do you think, point. Win or and loss. I think Commanders... let's just say a loss on this one.
2: All right. So you're at nine and seven. I'm at uh-huh. eight and eight. And then we have week eighteen against Dallas once again. Crush him. No, Crush f- em no and... fifth round rookie to play this time. Crush 'em. All right, so you got to win. So yeah, you at home. Go at
3: home to finish the season.
2: I'm hoping. So my favorite game cuz I'm a young guy. My favorite game that I've ever watched of this football team uh-huh. is that week 17 game in the 2012 season when Alfred Morris went nuts and RG3s hobbling around and yeah. they beat Dallas in essentially a playoff game on Sunday Night Football at FedEx Field, last game of the year, winner gets into the playoffs. That's my favorite game I've ever watched.
3: Yeah, yeah, all right. I'm hoping that Not mine, sim- but all right. <laughs>
2: I'm hoping that it's something similar to this. Where week eighteen, Dallas rolls into town. This game gets flexed into a Sunday night game or something like that. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Dallas and Washington fighting for either the last wild card spot. Let's or see something. Dak Prescott's
3: last game as a Cowboy, maybe <laughs> potentially, very possibly. Yeah. You know
2: what? I generally try not to let biases affect me, but I cannot stand the Dallas Cowboys. No, I don't either. I got him going two and zero against Dallas this year. I got him going nine and eight. You got him going ten and seven. We're going to do some more predictions next. We just win lost the entire schedule. If you missed any of it, you can always rewind on the Odyssey app. We're going to go through and talk about some of our predictions for the season next here on The Fan.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.
2: Toby Altizer in for Grant and Danny today. Enjoying the Labor Day off. Hopefully you are as well. 800 636 1067. If you want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines, you can also tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. So we just went through and we win lost the entire schedule. Chris had him going 10 and 7. I like that. I got him going 9 and
3: 8. I'm trying to be optimistic going into like it. You it's, know, it's, you, you got to, this year, I think especially, you got to be excited.
2: I love the excitement. I love it. So, we're going to go through and talk about some of the predictions. If you want to hop in, again, feel free 800 636 1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. So, we gave you our thoughts on the record. We went through each and every game. If you happen to miss that, we talked a little bit about all 17 matchups. You can rewind on the Odyssey app if you miss that. But again, 9 and 8 for me, 10 and 7 for Chris. I would assume for you 10 and 7 means they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think that there's enough good teams in the conference that 10 and 7 isn't making it.
3: I think in the NFC for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah, 9 and 8 for me. It's close because last year the Lions missed out going 9 and 8. The Seahawks were 9 and 8, the Giants were 9-7 and 1, but the Lions missed out at 9 and 8. I kind of want to lean no, but when I look at the teams that I picked to possibly go to the playoffs for the NFC, I think that they could make it in over one of them, so I think I'm going to have to say yes. I think that they could squeak in as the last wild card team at 9 and 8. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, obviously as a fan I think I think Ron Rivera
3: is going to like that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Ron would love that. As a fan, I would love it. I don't know if I feel that they're a playoff team, but Maybe throughout the season, as they continue to get better, they can do that, and we'll see. All right, so let's go through and talk about some of the ins and outs, some of the predictions for the season. What do you think is going to be their worst loss of the year, whether it's by a, a big loss in terms of a big game that they can't win or they just absolutely get spanked? What do you think would be their worst loss of the season?
3: Now, Outside of something just really embarrassing, like if they ended up losing to the Bears on Thursday night, I think uh, I think that Miami game could be brutal.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Miami game is interesting. To me, if I had to choose the worst loss, I think that at the end of the season I have them losing to San Francisco. I also have them losing to the Jets. I think one of those two losses could be a heartbreaker because at that point I have them in 8 and 6. If they're in that spot, we both had them in 8 and 6. If they go on the road to New York against the Jets and they can't get it done, like, that's a tough one. I th- I mean, I think that, obviously, that the the Jets are better, in my opinion. I know you don't necessarily think that, but we can definitely agree on the Niners.
3: I think they're a better team than they were. Everyone's talking Super Bowl and stuff with them, and I'm not even sure they're the best team in their own division.
2: Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, if I had to choose the worst loss, though, in terms of, like, beatdown or, like, least competitive, I think week three against the Bills. I think week three against the Bills is going to be a tough one. That could be a
3: good wake-up call right there. (laughs) Well,
2: remember the last time they played the Bills. I think it was the last time I didn't watch a game live. I was at the Ryder Cup in Wisconsin. I lived there at the time, and I went to the Ryder Cup instead and didn't miss anything. So (laughs) I I think that that could be a little bit of a beatdown. Let's go to a more positive note. What do you think will be their biggest win in terms of going into a place or... In terms of where they're at in the schedule and the standings, what do you think is the biggest win this year for this team?
3: I think it's going to be that Week 18, Dallas. That's going to if if they're still in that playoff hunt and that gives them the playoff berth, that's it. That's the biggest win. That's going to be huge for this town.
2: Yeah, I think Thanksgiving. I think that you get the national exposure. You know, it seems like the last couple of times that this team has matched up against Dallas on Thanksgiving, that they've showed up ready to roll. Dak Prescott's not that guy, at least not anymore. I think they roll into Dallas on Thanksgiving and put a little whooping on the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm excited about that game. <laughs> All right, let's go down a little more. Pro Bowlers.
3: Uh, I mean, uh, you never, know, you never know. You never know. You know who's going to have an injury or who's going to have just an outstanding season that you weren't expecting. I think you got to hope. You know, Sweat and McLaren, I think, are the are the two.
2: A sweat, okay.
3: Yeah, I think I think I think he has he has a chance to have a great year this year, Uh especially if, if Chase comes back healthy and does real well and takes some of the pressure off him with double teams and stuff. Like, I I think he could have a great well, and year. He's
2: already going to get one on ones because of the fact that Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne are beasts in the middle.
3: Also, also true, which I think gives him. I don't know. I think he's got a chance. Who knows? Maybe he won't. Maybe you know. I mean, who knows? A, but
2: if he's a guy that has
3: a good year. Who knows what happens with Chase? But if he goes out there
2: and has 10 sacks. And
3: it's a contract year, so you know he's going to uh-huh. be pushing it. Like, I just. I could see it happening. I, I can see it happening.
2: Cra- I don't think it's crazy to think that Montez Sweat can make the Pro Bowl. I tend to lean towards. I think Jonathan Allen makes another Pro Bowl. I yeah. I think he's yeah. one of the best defensive tackles in the sport. I want to hope that McLaurin does it because I think McLaurin's just going to take another step forward. I mean, finally he gets recognized with the Pro Bowl last year. But I mean, I think if you look at him continuing to go and he's got. You know, better players around him. I think he's finally got a quarterback that can actually use his full potential. Last year, he only got to just under 1,200 yards. I think you could look at maybe somewhere around 1,400 this season if he takes another step forward. I think that's a Pro Bowl-type receiver season. So I'll take Terry. I'll take John Allen. And then the most slept-on player on this team because you could argue for the longest time he was this, this team's best player. Tress Way, baby. He's going <laughs> to the Pro Bowl again. I think Tressway deserves it. All right. That's who I'll go with, but I think you can make an argument because we're going to get into some of these stat categories here in a second. I think that Jahan Dotson's going to lead this team in touchdowns, and if that dude goes over 1,000 yards and catches 12 touchdowns, I think he could be a Pro Bowler.
3: Yeah, yeah. So let's Some go- of it also depends, on, and this is the thing too, it's like who's going to be in the Super Bowl that opens up the slots, no you doubt. know,
2: yeah, yeah, no doubt. So let's go through some of these things. Who do you think is going to lead the team in rushing yards?
3: Probably Robinson. Yeah, I
2: think B-Rob is going to get the majority of the work as the running back, the primary running back. I think he's going to have the majority of the carries. I think Gibson's going to play a bunch, but I think they're still going to hand the ball. I think he goes over 1,000 this year. Do you think he goes over 1,000?
3: Yeah, I think with the extended season, the extra game this year, I think it's easier to do that. Or not just this year, I mean, but they added a couple years yeah. ago. I think, I think it's easier for those 1,000-yard Seasons, now. no doubt.
2: Rushing touchdowns, Robinson as
3: well. That that is probably the safe bet. I, I want to, you know, I've I've been fascinated with Alex Arma the fullback that they have put on. And if they play, man, I They're just not going to hand him. I grew up though. watching Gerald Riggs. All right, I loved watching him on like a one yard line, just run in there, man. Hand it to him enough to lead the team in rushing. Touchdowns, you know who man. knows though, man. If if w- they, but if you just get inside the red zone enough, you get inside the five enough. You know, big bomb play, get the receiver inside the five, you know? Man, I don't know. It could happen. So here's something that it's, I think is like interesting. That's my fun pick, I guess. You know, yeah, It's like not it. like I'm betting on it, but I, I wanted to have something a little more. Here's
2: something that I think <laughs> is interesting because for whatever reason, they don't use him enough in the red zone, and that's Antonio Gibson because if there was one thing that he was elite at in college, and he's even done it in the pros, it's somehow getting into the end zone. Like in his career so far, let me see if I can pull up these numbers. In his career so far, he's played in 45 games. He's scored 21 touchdowns rushing, and he's caught five touchdowns. That's 26 touchdowns in 45 games. And in his rookie year, he had 11 rushing touchdowns. Uh, This is a guy that just has a nose for the end zone somehow. I feel like, I know that generally you think red zone, you think maybe more of a thumper, definitely like a goal linebacker, especially when you get inside the 10. I don't hate the idea of putting Gibby in down there because he just has a nose for the end zone. I think it's going to be Robinson, but I think they should use Gibson a little more down in the red zone. A couple more here before we hit a break. Who do you think leads this team in receiving yards?
3: I think I'm with you on these. I think it's probably the same. The McLaurin on, on yards and probably Dodson maybe in TDs. Yeah, I mean, I think McLaurin's
2: probably going to be somewhere 1,300, 1,400 yards. I think they're yeah. going to use him as that explosive receiver still. I think that Dotson's going to... Maybe have a little fewer yards. He might even have more receptions because I think he's going to be more of an in between guy as opposed to I think McLaurin's going to catch a lot of deep balls this year, like you saw in that Dallas game. And I
3: think he's going to command more attention from like safeties and stuff yes. because of it, which opens up Dotson more. So. Yes.
2: And I think Dotson, I don't know why a 5'11 guy is your red zone target, but he is. He's such a good route runner. <laughs> and I think that he's going to just, he's got great hands too. So you can throw it to him in traffic. You know, even if he's going to get blasted, he's going to catch the ball. I'll stick with Dotson for receiving touchdowns. Last two go into the defensive side of the ball. Who leads this team in sacks?
3: That it's it's tough. I mean, it, it could be Allen, right? It could be it could be someone. It could be Sweat. You know what? I got I got Sweat going to the Pro Bowl. Let's say Sweat.
2: Yeah, it's a tough one because I've talked about this before as well with this defensive front four. I think it's more so about how many sacks does a unit get as exactly. Opposed to I mean, they.
3: I, They need to be fired this year for the team to really be successful. They really need to be firing as a unit, those front four. And I think everything else on defense follows those four guys. So
2: how many would you want to see an average for each guy? So I'm thinking, like, would you want to see, like, would you want to see, like, I think 40 sacks or somewhere around there, maybe 35 sacks is a nice number to set for these guys because that'd be around... 10
3: each, basically. Yeah,
2: around 8 to 10 each, 9 to 10 each. Because I think that's about right. I think that's what these guys should be doing. I think that... You know these edge guys need to pick it up because I think you'll get eight, eight and a half from John Allen. I think yeah. I don't know that you have Deron Payne replicate last year, but I'm gonna go with Jonathan Allen because I don't have as big of belief that Montez Sweat's gonna go for ten or twelve or Chase Young's gonna do that. I'll think that he's gonna maybe sit around eight. I think that Deron sits around seven. I think Chase sits around six, seven, and I think that Chase Jonathan is tough Allen too because like we're nine. not
3: even sure he's in game one, right? They yeah, still haven't think, cleared him, I, I think. I kind of don't think he's going to play game 1. Yeah, but I don't
2: think that's that big of a deal.
3: No, but it I mean if you're talking numbers for the season that every game you lose maybe,
2: is yeah, maybe that's an easy 2 or 3 set game for him that he's losing. Sure. All right, last one who leads this team in interceptions.
3: Forbes I, yeah, I, I Forbes. think it's Forbes. Yeah.
2: That's why you drafted this kid. Yeah. Because if you had to choose between the two in terms of draft pro- prospects and profiles, I think they would have taken Christian Gonzalez, but they wanted playmaking and i think we've seen in training camp and preseason this guy's always around the ball i think he's going to get a couple i think he's going to get a couple i'm thinking like 3 or 4 i think that he's going to find a way to get his hands on the football turn it over i think he'll lead the team in interceptions
3: yeah that's what i'm hoping too i, I think i think you know he's he's one of those guys he's in a position to have a good year let's see if he executes but you know i'm trying to be optimistic let's see it you know let's see it
2: We'll continue talking about the Commanders. Bart Winkler is going to join us coming up at 6 o'clock. Keep it tuned right here on The Fan. More Commanders talk next.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
2: Grant and Danny here on the fan. So we went through and made some predictions about this commander season. Chris has his team going 10 and seven. love the optimism. I got him going nine and eight. I don't have them making the playoffs, even though they go nine and eight. The Lions last year were nine and eight and just missed out on the playoffs. I think that there's a possibility that, you know, nine and eight might be good enough in the NFC. We'll go through some of the NFL predictions as a whole coming up in just a little bit at 6 o'clock, in just a couple of minutes, about 10 minutes, Bart Winkler, you can hear him on CBS Sports Radio as well as his podcast, the Bart Winkler Show podcast. He's going to join us to talk about some college football and then look ahead to the NFL season. But if you want to hop in, 800-636-1067. But I want to ask you this as we wrap up this discussion here on the Commanders. So I think this is interesting. Spot track laid out a couple of projected numbers for Chase Young and Montez Sweat at what their market value is right now for a contract. And both of those guys are going into a contract year. Both of those guys are going to be free agents next year. And so those numbers are, for Chase Young, four years, $71.5 million is what they're approximating his market value is. What they're saying he should get paid, it's about seventeen point eight. Average annual value. Montez Sweat is four years, $66.5 million, 16.6 AAV. I kind of wonder why Sweat would be under Chase Young in terms of that. Maybe it's just because of the draft status and maybe the potential that they view. But at this point, in terms of production and what you've seen, I would think that Sweat would deserve a higher number than Chase Young. But I think it's interesting when you look at this, what do you need to see out of these guys to be confident and giving them a sixteen and a half, seventeen, almost an eighteen million dollar contract if you're looking at Chase Young's projection. I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one. What do you think you'd have to see, Chris? Like, if I'm paying a guy almost eighteen million dollars in the case of Chase Young, or sixteen and a half in the case of Montez Sweat, I can't keep seeing single digit sack seasons. I almost need to see a ten sack season to even consider it.
3: Well, first off, it is hard for me to comprehend paying anyone that amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> right. For anything, because right. I do not have that kind of money to throw around. But let's pretend I, I was uh the owner or something. Uh yeah, I think I think you gotta at least be nine, like pushing it. You know, you, you gotta be you gotta be putting up numbers at that kind of
2: Yeah, and that's my thing. So like with Montez Sweat this year, I think that's an astute point that you made that maybe he could make a Pro Bowl this year. I need him to have a Pro Bowl type season if I'm gonna be willing to pay him sixteen and a half. Like, this is something where I've seen solid production out of Montez Sweat. I have. But I need to see him finish sacks. And that was the thing. You know, I think Deron Payne deserved the contract that he got. I think that he's a very good player. But I don't think he deserved it until what he did last season. Because what he did last year is he went from being a good player that was always around the football, that was close to getting sacks, to actually getting sacks. And that's what we hear all the time with Montez Sweat is, If you look at the advanced numbers or you look at these numbers, his win rate's always good or his quarterback hits are good or he's always around the quarterback. And that's fine and well. And I understand that you can't necessarily look at just a box score or look at stats and make evaluations off players. But I need to see those sack numbers go up for Montez Sweat. I mean, that's ultimately what it's about. Like, I need him to find ways to bring that quarterback down. And he's got a lot of talent. And he's entering his prime. But am I going to pay a guy that's entering his prime that I've never seen anything more than eight and nine sacks, $16.5 million, I struggle with that considering you've already paid Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. I think if this were a situation where Montez was your only guy, I don't think I'd have an issue with the 16.5 number even though you haven't necessarily seen as high of numbers because you know a guy in Brian Burns that we talked about earlier is possibly holding out right now with the Carolina Panthers. He was sitting around that nine, eight and a half, nine, and then last year went for 12 and and the difference between 9 and 12.5, I think, is a big difference. Even though it's only 3.5 sacks, I think 9 is a good pass rusher. I think 12.5 is a great pass rusher. I need to see great numbers out of Montez to think about
3: 16.5. Yeah, I think, uh, like, here's the, here's the thing. If, if he doesn't, and then they decide not to pay him and he ends up going somewhere else or whatever, I, and then it looks like they're probably not interested in keeping Chase Young for next year either. Agreed. Like, now you're looking at drafting high in the draft someone to take one of those spots. Well, and that's why
2: I thought it was interesting that they kept waiting. And I think it was something that was kind of slept on. Could they have considered taking an edge rusher early in the draft last year? I kind of thought they would. Ultimately, they went with KJ Henry and Andre Jones, who hopefully those guys can continue to develop, but we'll see. All right, we're going to take a break from the commander stuff. I want to get into some NFL predictions. We're going to do that coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. But joining us next, coming up here in about five minutes, Bart Winkler,